Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I sit down with Bartos and Peter from ESOB to talk about their brand new welding machine, the Renegade Volt. Blazing a new trail of portability, running off of four DeWalt batteries that could also be used to run your tools. They talk about the issues they were hearing from welders in the field that led to help with development. They go over the industries that would benefit from this machine and talk about all the different features and equipment included. If you're looking for a portable machine, then you won't want to miss out on this one. We dive in right now. Do you all want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and your company? Yep. Hi. You know, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Peter Birchfield with ESOB. I've been with the company for about five years and general manager of the Equipment Solutions Group. And I got with me my colleague, Bartos Gutarba. Hi, everyone. I'm Bartos. I'm based in Poland, working for ESAP about four years right now as a global director for light industrial products, both plasma and welding. Happy to be with you here. I'm really excited to talk about this new machine because we are sitting down to talk about the Volt. And I wanted to just see, can you give anybody that might not be familiar with your product, do you want to give them a rundown of what the Volt is and what makes it so different than your other machines? Volt is a brand new product from ESOB. It's with a corded and a battery-powered welder with interchangeable batteries. One of the first in existence. We have a great collaboration with DeWalt on this. We packaged it up with some of their largest batteries, the 12 amp hour flex volt. This provides some great runtime. First, the volt is in our Renegade case, which is you know, durable, impact resistant, lightweight. It's, it's attached to a battery box that can contain four DeWalt flex volt batteries. But it is compatible with the 6, 9, and 12, and any other future batteries coming on the market in the flex volt category. But we're packaging up with the 12 amp hour batteries to give optimal runtime for the end user. We'll also come in with it as a charger. But in terms of the machine and the specs, we got some special features in there like hot start, arc force, memories, special cellulosic mode. But ultimately, it's a great portable welder. It's dual voltage, can run off of AC mains, 120 or 230 volt, or off battery, or off what we call our special hybrid mode called AMP+. Plus. Bartos, you want to add anything there? Basically, we are just giving the significant flexibility over the machines that welders could use right now. Right? These pre-operation modes are really super beneficial to tackle every possible remote location or inside location with any limitations that the welders have been facing so far. We see a lot of benefit and pains that we're going to heal with that new product. I have a couple of questions. So when you say lightweight, what is the weight of this? Because I carry a suitcase welder around to a bunch of places and it's around 50, 60 pounds that I'm lugging around. How does yours stack up to that? So fully loaded with all the batteries and everything, it's around 50 pounds. And when you compare this to, like you said, your suitcase welder, it's similar in terms of the weight. You know, when you think about like an engine drive, you're using in remote or offsite locations, those are 200 plus pounds yeah. and you have it in the back of your pickup truck. You, you got a two-man job if you don't have a ramp to bring it down. It takes up a ton of space and ultimately the goal here is productivity for the end user, right? So you come up to your job site, pull it out of the back, go right there, minimal setup time, 
thing. You get the job done, get it back, and, and on to the next one. So you're saving time, an hour of setup time, getting it there, getting the truck in place, moving it around, running long cables, and then the disassembly time on the back end. How many batteries does it take? So you load up four of these 12 amp hour flexible batteries. And then once those are loaded up, you're ready to go. You also said amp plus mode. What is that? Yeah. Bartos, you want to take that one? Sure. The amp plus is a unique feature, which we developed to incorporate different capabilities of having access to both AC main and the batteries. So machine can be plugged into the wall and you can set up amp plus then the power will be also taken from the batteries. So perfect example where to use it is when you are in a location where you only have 110 AC, mm. right? And maybe 10 to 16 amp circuit breaker. And if you to start to weld, you don't want those breakers to be tripping. So you are literally shutting down a whole network when you are in the so remote location like the repair and maintenance, so your exterior company welding at some, let's say, big site, you don't want to mess with that whole network, then mm -hmm. you are setting up the AMP Plus into the switch-on mode with a 10 amp circuit breaker, and you are sure that whatever excess of the power the machine would be taking from AC will be drained from the batteries, hmm. so that the, the batteries are giving extra power to prevent this, this dripping. That's really uh, a great thing when you face that circuit breakers yeah. issue. I have a perfect example for you. When we first started working on this project, um, we did a lot of focus group work with welders. We were down in Houston and we met with a group one night. This one gentleman worked for our company that um, did all the service and repair for some pretty large breweries in the area. And they come in and they, whether they're doing stick or, or TIG welding, and they come in, they, they find an outlet, they run a long cord there to power up the welder. Obviously, you can't use an engine drive inside. And the factory would always be so annoyed with them because they would, you know, inevitably like trip a circuit breaker. Then they'd have to go and like reset it and everything. This now compensates for that pain point. Yeah, I do a lot of work at a bar downtown here in Greensboro where they have, it's an arcade and a bar. And they have a ton mm -hmm. of pinball machines on the same circuit as their like outdoor outlets. So when I'm welding away, a lot of times I'll pop that breaker. So it'd be very convenient to not do that and just be able to <laughs> run full power that I need. Exactly. That is the, the exact type of pain point we heard when we were talking to folks. And I think it's, it's some pretty cool technology that we've built into the system to, to handle that. And then also you touched on doing stainless work when in breweries and stuff so can you run like a scratch start off of this as well yeah definitely so you can tick weld with the what we call live tick so just gently touch the base material and lift it up and the arc will start really no tungsten contamination can be done with that technique quite safe and you can tick weld up to 50 minutes with that set of four fresh batteries yeah, that was the next thing I wanted to really dive into is like how long, <laughs> but 50 minutes, that's 100% arc on time. So like you're yes. welding 50 minutes straight. Considering, yeah, considering that the average arc time is maybe 10 to 20%, right, in your real life. Yeah. Then this is a lot of welding, really. 
That is super cool. And then as far as like the charging time, that's one thing that I, I was wondering. You said there was a charger that would come with it as well. How long does it take to charge these batteries up to full capacity? Is this like a rapid charging station or is it a standard charging station? Yeah, so the the great did the great part about Volt is that these batteries are interchangeable, right? Like you could have four four in the machine, you're welding away, and then you get down to zero, and then you simply open up the side door, take them out, and then put four new fresh ones in. So that that was a key point that we picked up on is the uptime. Yeah. Versus the battery draining down, then you gotta plug it in and charge it, and then you gotta wait. So you, you can have four spare on the side. To, to your point though about the charger, so we're the machine comes with a DeWalt uh, four-port charger, so it can charge the 12 amp hour batteries in about 100 minutes. That's not bad at all. Even just go take a lunch break and then come back, get back to work. Exactly, and it's we're looking at you know, the new trucks and new SUVs and stuff like that on the industry today. They all have outlet cables in there, so you can plug in there, charge for when you're welding on the side. So. Uh, that was the key point that we wanted to you know, have a, an external charger on the side. So you're you're pushing the uptime, you know, you're continuing to be able to be productive without it going down. As as far as like amperage ranges, so what is the max out on this machine? Like how heavy duty are we talking that this thing can do? So machine can, can weld with the stick electrode. Maximum output is one of the amps on the batteries. It would be like 18% on the 40 degree ambient. So it's like quite more when you are in lower temperatures. And having in mind this uh, cycle where you need to plug in the electrode and clean, it's really hard to shut down the machine because of the thermal protection. So it's most probably you will be welding slower than this machine output capabilities will shut it down. The full full output here and the, are the, the setting ranges. If you're on 120 volt only and not using battery, you can go up to I think what 110 Bartos. Is that correct? And then on 230, it's up to 200 amps. In battery mode for a stick or MMA, it goes up to 140, and TIG could go up to 150. But then in hybrid mode, you're going up to on 120 volt, you're going up to 180 amps, and then on 230, it's again up to 200. Dang, that's going to be, that's covering a lot of different applications for sure. I, you just covered one more aspect of Amplast Peter, which I didn't mention before. So on 110, it can give you also the extra power. One feature is that it can, by limiting the circuit breaker size in the user interface, you can drain the lower effective current from the mains, or you can set up that you want to have additional power then. Instead of 110, you can have 140 out of 110 output. Dang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you said on the hybrid mode, it really, if you're welding on 120 input, you're you're getting up to 150 amps. As far as like when you were designing this and talking to all these welders, what kind of applications are we trying to push this out to? Who are your target demographics of people that you think this would really help their workflow? Yeah, I think this is directly applicable to a lot of applications, especially maintenance and repair, first and foremost. Do you have outside of the fab shop or what we call in-plant MRO? So think of these as the, the beer example or you know, power gen plant, something like that, where you got to be out, you're doing repair work. You have your, maybe you have your own team, maybe you contract it out. 
bringing people in to go and do you know, quick work. So, so maintenance and repair, that's a big one. Construction, where you may have intermittent power or you got to connect to a generator or you know, maybe there's power on site, but you got to go find the, the actual you know, source or the input and run a long extension cable. That mitigates all the need for that. Farm egg ranch, something breaks out in the field and you got to bring a tractor back to the barn or wherever. Now, rather than just bringing it back, you can bring the machine quickly and easy to do any type of repair work. Other examples we had were mining, where there's a lot of you know stress on the equipment. So ability to do repair work there, you know, mm-hmm. shipyard and marine, especially like easier movement in very tight places. You're not running long cables all over the place. Rail car maintenance, power gen offshore. And then one other area that we've gotten a lot of interest in is from the, the defense side, where you're maybe out some remote areas, you're able to do repair work that can be done quickly and efficiently. And silently too. It's, instead of having a big engine drive just blaring away, how loud is this machine compared to that? It's where my mind went on the defense side, is that it's like a stealth welder. Just, just as quiet as if you're plugging it into an outlet. That's that's pretty cool because that's one of the big downfalls of an engine drive. Even on the content side, like what we do on videos and everything, if you're trying to explain using an engine drive right next to it, it's really hard to understand what you're saying. So that's pretty cool if you ask me. In terms of the applications, even in plant work where you need to be connected, that's great. And then offsite as well. But like Bartos was mentioned a, you know, a few minutes ago, the, the applications aren't really a hindrance. It's what we're doing is we're addressing pain points, being able to weld in remote areas or tight, confined spaces, places where maybe power is not available, areas where you need to get quick jobs done. You're not doing hours and hours upon welding, but you can get it and get out. And then other applications where you require constant movement. So moving from point A to point B to point C. And that's just a pain to run extension cords or you know, long cables all over the place. Yeah. I just wanted to mention also that when you compare to the engine drive, so regardless to the reach and how heavy the machine is, the engine driven machine, then the weight of the cables to reach out to some remote location very often exceeds the weight of the Renegade Bolt itself. The, the, the weld cables are also quite heavy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, great point. This seems like something that would be perfect for the type of work that I personally do. That's why I've been so excited for it since I saw it during Spark Week, because I do a lot of that type of work where I'm moving from, I might have a repair in this one part of the building and then they need something fixed in this back part and they need me to just fabricate a little piece in place. So like just being able to carry one machine, not dragging cables and try to find a good plug all over the place. Like I'm very excited about the idea of battery operated welders and I've been just dying to get my hands on one of these. And the fact that even if, Something I run into from time to time is if I'm using a battery-powered drill when my battery goes out, it's not like I have to throw that drill away. I can replace the battery. And I think that's a really cool part about the Volt too. is that it's not just like this one big battery. If I had a Prius and my battery and my Prius went out, that's a $10,000 fix. And oh, yeah. But this one, like if one of <laughs> your batteries sick. goes down, like you can just replace it with another DeWalt battery that you might have on your drill sitting across the way. That's I yeah, think that's man. really cool. 
Yeah, and I think that's why DeWalt's like such a, a great partner. They're constantly pushing the innovation on the battery front. You've probably seen some of their latest products coming out with their power stacks. They're always getting more compact, more powerful. They're a great partner from like a battery innovation standpoint. The Rangi Bolt's compatible with the Flexible series, so they can do 6, 9, or 12 right now. So it's it's definitely a great partnership. One aspect of the, the Volt that I was actually really wanted to mention was, so the power source of the battery box, while they're they're lashed together, one thing that's also pretty nice is that they actually, you know, disassemble. So you can carry the power source, you know, on the shoulder strap, you can carry the battery box on the other hand. So we talk about the total weight around 50 pounds. You're not like distributing that on just one shoulder or going up a flight of stairs. You can you know, pull them apart, go up to your work site, Put them back together and and get get moving right away. So that's actually one of the, the neat aspects of it. Yeah, definitely trying to lug a suitcase welder around. It is unbalanced just carrying it all in one arm. So that is a cool feature as well. Now I definitely think it is going to help a lot of people out. And when we talk about welders, one of the big things that everyone always looks at first is the bottom dollar. So what is this machine going to cost people to get into? The pricing is going to be roughly, it's going to be a slight, be comparable to the small engine drive range. I think the, but there, there's also a lot of value that we're going to provide with this. So think of it as one of those, a premium corded stick welder, plus you get four batteries and a charger in it. In terms of the value to the end user, you're getting a lot in terms of welder, plus all the necessary accessories, the four batteries, electric holder, ground clamp, shoulder strap. You know, power source and battery box. And then in terms of pricing, it's the end user, it's going to be around $35.99 for the entire package, including everything just mentioned. That's really not that bad for a portable setup because there's a lot that goes into price-wide outside of just your machine. There's a lot having the engine drive. You got your leads that you have to pick up for it. You got your gas, you got all this other, and you have to have something to carry it around with. This seems like a pretty good value for people looking to get into the mobile repair for not that crazy of a price tag. That's not the most insane machine I've seen even today. Like price tag I've seen <laughs> on a machine today. <laughs> yeah. You got to think of it in terms of what are you going to get out of it in terms of the value. It's think again, the lower weight, the lower volume of space taken up, lower operating costs, considering the price of fuel and the burn a comparable amount of electrodes. We did a study where we we burned a bunch of electrodes on an easy, on an end drive and they compared it with Bolt. And I think it was like a 90 and cost decrease compared to you know, when you factor in the fuel cost, the maintenance, et cetera, on, on an engine drive you know, versus just the cost of the electricity. I'll, I'll share with you one funny, or funny, funny but really well anecdote. We, were, we brought this down to Arkansas and we were doing some field trials with it. And one of the owners of a maintenance repair company came up to us and was like, Hey, I do all the, the chiller maintenance repair for a pretty large store down multitude of stores down there. And because I want to write you a check for basically the prototype. We said, it was like, how much? And we were like, no, no we can't do that. It's obviously it's not on the market yet, but he goes, you, you have no idea how great this would be to get like this into my fleet with welders. When we go up to the store, it's so much time setting up figuring out how to do the weld, where to put the truck, run the long cables, and goes, this will save me hours in a day that I can then be moving 
my team of welders to another site. And so it just makes us more and more productive. Yeah. I know everybody, we talk about it on this podcast a lot, but a lot of people are afraid of change, especially like in the automation world. But I feel like the battery driven world too, there's not a lot that has come out in that space yet. So I feel like everyone's first reaction to anything new is always like, no, 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 we already got what we need. This is the kind of machine I roll with and I, I don't want to go and change. But I really do think that this is going to help a lot more people get into the field because that's a, a big step is purchasing a, a rig. You know, if you want to be a mobile repair person, like it's a very expensive jump to get into it, but this will give a lot more people, maybe those one-man crews, a lot more flexibility in the type of jobs they have. Yeah, exactly. So so some of the people, it will be totally new world, showing up the new possibilities how to make more money and more different type of jobs on site. But for some, as you mentioned, Peter, this is just helping to improve the productivity so at the end of the day, this is a pure investment. If you calculate that instead of two jobs a day, you do three, then you boost up by 30% your productivity. So the payoff of that small tool is super fast, right? And yeah. this is how you can consider that machine. Yeah, and even think of it from the customer's perspective, right? Like welder's on site, he's got to do some repair. Maybe there's a part that's down that needs to be welded up and that factory or that machine is down. And they're not, like you said, Bo, like making beer. As long as those machines aren't running or that factory is not running, yeah, they're not making money. It's valuable for them in terms of their uptime to get the job done quickly. Yeah, for sure. And we keep circling back to the brewing industry, but I'm heavily involved in that industry as well. And a lot of the work that you do in those, it's like sanitary work. You're working on really thin materials. And so you don't need like a 400 amp machine to do that type of work. So I feel people in my my shoes where I'm in breweries all the time, either talking, I brew a bunch of beer as well. So people in that space, even having, if one of their workers could learn how to just do small repairs, maybe not the sanitary side, but you know, it, it would be really helpful for them because things break all the time in breweries. I'm always looking at new machines that can do thinner material in a, a more mobile way. So I'm just really excited about this machine. For people yeah. that want to see it, where might they be able to try it out? Yeah, so I think yeah, we're, we're going to start getting them into uh, distribution here shortly. So it should be available starting in September. And I think uh, that the head your local distributors and testing it out there and maybe getting some proof of concept. I know feel free to reach out to any, anyone here at ESOB and our team and we can send some demo teams around and test it on site with you. Is this one going to be on showcase at Fabtech as well? Absolutely. Feel free to come to our booth and check it out in person. I know I'm going to be spending some time there doing some podcasts from your booth, so I can't wait to try it out, man. I'm just really pumped. I've been waiting Wonderful. for this machine since I saw it. I know it's we've been putting a lot of work into it, taking it out, getting people to test it, try it, taking that feedback, putting the improvements into the machine and looking forward to really delivering a solid product to the end users. And I think like Barto has touched on it. It's, it's incredible what it can do, you know, like 50 minutes or so on, on TIG welding, test it out with a, a various different rod lengths and diameters, 6013, 7018, 6010. 
And depending on how you're running the machine, you're welding up to 30 electrodes per charge. It's uh, it's fantastic. What, what I can add, because we didn't mention, is that the arc performance is really extraordinary. So the feedback we got on how smooth the machine runs is really great. So different type of uh, electrodes, you, you can select the special mode for cell logic as well. But basic, rotary cell logic, all of them run super smooth arc. That's another big thing that people run into is that everyone has a hard time running a 6010. A lot of machines out there can't run a 6010, and that's a stick welder's best friend out in the field. So that's awesome to know that you have a, like, that you are catering to those people that definitely need to run a 6010. And especially on battery mode, there's just something about DC to DC power that just really makes the bead look beautiful. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. As far as like accessories that come with it, does it come fully loaded like with your stinger, your ground clamp, all that good stuff, or is that separate? No, no, all, all included. The Renegade Bolt power source with battery box, four 12 amp hour batteries, the charger, shoulder strap for the unit, and then electrode holder and ground clamp. Those are always my biggest questions is just, is this, can I open the box and start running? Do the batteries come charged or do you have to charge them? That's like, no, yeah, <laughs> for shipping reasons, you got to put them at a pretty, they're at a pretty low charge. Once you charge them up, you're ready to go. But out, out of the box, you're good to go after a full charge. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, no, that's always something, whenever something's battery powered, I'm always just like, all right, let's jump right in. So that's good to know. <laughs> if you do get one, charge the batteries first. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to show up to your job site and uh, with those down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If people are interested and they want to find more information about the product that they might not have heard here, where should they go to check it out? Definitely come to esop.com. We should have a lot of material on the website. And then I believe our, our marketing team will be putting up a bunch of cool videos on, on YouTube and probably respective social media channels to take a look. Check those out because they, they put together a lot of really neat kind of use cases and uh, showing how it can be used and transport it around. As far as the feedback you got, what were some of the things, because like when you're doing R&D on a new product, you're going to get all kinds of feedback. What was the biggest pain points that you saw in welders who were talking to? What were some of the biggest common pain points you saw out in the field right now? Yeah, so we follow a pretty stringent process in terms of new product development. So we take a lot of VOC work, voice of customer account, early on in the process to understand kind of the pain points, what can be improved, what can be done better, finding like needs that are maybe hidden, right? Maybe it's not, you know, it's just the way people have been working and it's just what, what welders know and they don't really think of it as a pain point. But then when you dig in a few levels deeper, it's, oh, wow, yeah, I wish that could be improved. Some of the early feedback was certainly like, how can we weld in remote areas? It doesn't require to go through the travel through a path in the woods to get to something or how do I get there? Really tight places, not having to run really long cables around, especially safety, right? People could trip over them. Yeah, that yeah, is air, a huge air, thing. Yeah, or even people kind of playing tricks on you, right? You're about to start welding and someone unplugs it. It's amazing some of the stuff that we heard in some of the early, <laughs> early things. Yeah, welders love to mess with each other and just taking any steps out of the equation where someone can mess with your machine, I think it's a good one. Bartos, you're doing some work in the, I know some VOC work in the wintertime over in Poland. I think you had a pretty good example there as well. 
Right. So absolutely. It was really in this part of the world in Europe, it's quite common that you have the van and the whole set of the tools starting from the drill grinder and then the battery uh, powered welder fits perfectly and you just keep your one engine driven machine for the repair jobs, which you can meet all over the place. In the city centers, when there are guys repairing from the city services, repairing the defenses after some crashes through the outdoor, as you mentioned, we, we had a really good example in Poland, customer welding outdoor. He was fully satisfied with the capabilities we had. And from that end user, what, what was important was that the performance in number of burned electrodes, that, that was something that he pointed out. It's a pain point for him having enough power and the volt is delivering really a lot of power that you will not be surprised by your job interrupted by suddenly battery dead. Yeah. One real big thing that I'm worried about when it comes to battery powered stuff is just the longevity of the life of the battery. What kind of like warranty? Is there a warranty that comes through DeWalt for the batteries or do you all have like a three, five year warranty on that kind of stuff? Like, is it coming with that kind of guarantee? What's the warranty information on that? Yeah. So the the battery warranties, I think, are three years in North America and one year outside of North America. And then the Renegade Volt, the power source, the battery box, you know, covered by ESOB. And I think those are around three-year warranties as well. Yeah, because it's something new. You want to make sure that if it's not working right, that ESOB's got your back. And you all are really good at, your customer service is always really good at helping people out. I always try to end each episode with a little bit of advice, but I think it would be kind of interesting Instead of advice, what would you say to people that are weary of jumping into a battery-powered device? Like, how would you calm their nerves? Yeah, I think we, you know, you've probably seen this transition over the years, right? Of You, know, you had corded power tools, now you have battery-powered tools and stuff in your kit. And there, there's been a lot of advancements been made in the technology. Like I said, getting denser, more power-efficient more power itself and it's a technology that's growing and tested out and ensure it fits what you need and i think you'll be pleasantly surprised if i can just add on the top of that is that this is far more eco-friendly than any engine driven machine that is in there so if we speak about environment and how big the, the footprint we are living in the carbon side so if someone cares about the environment, this is also an important aspect to, to consider. Yeah, that, yeah I know absolutely. that like over in Europe compared to America, there's vastly different carbon footprint tracking capabilities. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> so, so, so to give example, in Europe, in 2035, every car sold needs to be electric. So uh, it's really to that extent, going into the electricity is considered as a very important area for improving the footprints and being more eco-friendly. Definitely. Yes. Because you're going to have less and less options of where you can fill up your gas tank too, by that point too, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's where everyone's going is getting rid of the fossil fuel side. Yes. I'm ready to cut the cord, man. I know that's what a lot of people want to do. They want to cut the cord. 
they don't want to bring it around. So I'm, I yeah. can't wait to try it out. I love everything y'all put out. So I'm a ESOB fanboy. So I just can't wait to check it out. Look forward to hearing your feedback and, and review. It's, I, I like you said, like when you're talking about some of your applications, I think it'll be a, a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate y'all sitting down and giving me the rundown on this new machine. And I know everybody, including myself, is very excited to try it out. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Peter and Bartos, for telling me all about this new machine. I can't wait to try it out soon at Fabtech. Speaking of Fabtech, I'll be doing some podcasts and hanging out at the ESOP booth on Tuesday the 12th from 11 until 1. So stop by and say, hey, if you have a topic that you'd like me to cover or you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me on the Weld app at BoDidIt or shoot me an email to BoW at Weld.com. And if you're going to be at Fabtech, let us know in the Weld app and come say hey if you see us out there. Until next week, we'll see you out there.